Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. very interesting conversation between shivguru and vadish we hear his journey from being an embedded a programmer learning c c++ to actually understanding the domains of healthcare to automotive to telecom and just having a sense of curiosity of how the domain works he also shares uh, how he is combating the challenge of building quality software and uh, in fact he uses the term called automating automation testing and we also we also cover a lot of conversations around configuration management and how critical it becomes understanding of the domain and how important it is to have the infrastructure always up and creating that environment of uh, learning and teaching vadish is a founder ceo of algoshack and you will hear a very interesting conversation listen on yeah. hi vadish welcome to the software people stories hello shiv um, good to meet you in the first place uh, thank you for this opportunity i have heard about this um, series and um, i'm very curious you know how does this conversation go thank you actually i have also been using my curiosity to drive all these conversations so yeah. since both of us are curious let us probably explore together Yes, yeah, sure. I think a good place to start with be your origin story, as to you know what you did and how you got into IT in general, and then with you know decades of experience, now how you kind of got into this area of testing. Right. So, I think um, for those who passed out um, in early nineteen nineties, there were probably not too many options at that point in time, and uh, software. there were not too many companies in software but uh, the likes of uh, you know infosys and wipro were uh, making a buzz at that point in time so it was uh, probably an obvious uh, choice that we got into it but i think my mtech thesis also um, you know helped in that uh, process after my uh, graduation um, after my mtech i was at nal i was under dr un sina one of the well known computer scientists and uh, he used to run uh, uh, a lab called flow solver okay. at nal i was there as an intern i continued there for some time and that's when i picked up interest for software of course when some of us were with uh, dr un sina it was all about parallel computing and um, of course i didn't get a chance to pursue in that space specifically but i could get into subsequently you know real time embedded systems automotive control applications and uh, telecommunications you know thanks to cg cg smith software and they were a small company at that point in time but um, were entirely focused on real time automotive control applications 
there were customers like Delco at that point in time. This, you know, in mid '90s uh, that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I moved to Wipro, I had the opportunity to work for several years, um, uh, over seven years, in the area of um, uh, telecommunications. Mm. Um, um, we would call it uh, uh, carrier networks. Um, it was all about um, um, time division multiplexing to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, then um, we moved on to soft switches and whatnot, but uh, it was initially focused on TDM, etc. So I got the opportunity to work on embedded software in that process for mm-hmm. several years. And then um, I was looking for some change, having worked in the embedded software space uh, for several years. And then I got into first consulting group. Mm-hmm. They were not into embedded software. They were only into uh, healthcare IT. Okay. Uh, they were delivering uh, IT and consulting services to um, payers, providers, and life sciences companies. But then uh, it also gave me uh, you know, significant insights as to what it means to work on software-only applications with little or no hardware interaction. Okay. While my previous experience was all about embedded software that involved significant hardware interactions Hmm. uh, and OS level work, you know, real-time operating system level work. So, and and what was common all through, of course, common aspect was process the process of developing software and that was i could i could relate wherever i went the companies like nortel networks in those days i mean probably 30 years ago mm. uh, they already at that t- time they supported distributed uh, software development and could engage with multiple companies across the globe as vendors they could get software developed by teams across the globe uh, and okay. that was all because of significant processes and systems that they had in place. Okay. Um, I still remember very well uh, about their uh, software configuration management tool. Uh, e- even the most advanced ones, uh, the next generational uh, configuration management tools today probably co- can't compete with some of the features that they have had in their <laughs> proprietary systems and tools. What was common was process. What was common was, you know, things like skills and capability development, uh, uh, so to say, testing. Uh, And that is probably one of the reasons why we chose testing to be the area of focus when we started on our own uh, about five years ago with some of my uh, co-founders when we started with uh, the journey of AlgoShack. Having worked with uh, so many software companies in the embedded software space, in the telecommunication space, in the um, automotive control application space, mm-hmm. and then subsequently in the healthcare space, one of the key challenge was, and it continues to be, to you know develop quality software in time and continuously on an ongoing basis to uh, establish that edge over competition. And that problem 
exists exists even today i mean and that's what we try to that's what we are trying to solve with algoshack we are trying to disrupt at least one portion of it the testing portion of it to make testing faster by automating test automation uh, that's probably to um, sum it up let me also quickly add we also have seen how companies struggled and how companies perished you know for not being able to change quickly and adopt to uh, changing uh, market requirements for example nortel networks it was a giant at one point in time but lost out to you know those soft switch vendors that started in small garages nortel did make an attempt to change but their changes were incremental hmm. and there was no fundamental change okay that they attempted because they were too wedded to the installed base that they had world mm. over so some of this uh, you know helped also you know position our our initiative when we started on our own on mm-hmm. our own uh, you know today what we wanted is you know don't go by the rule book don't go by the way automation is done in the industry uh, change it uh, changes change it upside down and make it better make it lot faster without compromising on quality so um, if that um, helps give you uh, a feel for um, why we do what we do today based on what we experienced um, yeah absolutely and with uh, such a wide and varied background you know, there are you know, multiple curiosity questions that come to my mind and before that yeah. um since you mentioned configuration management and since you also been in embedded hardware side and also the software side yeah one of my very first experiences of uh, teaching configuration yeah. management to a team of engineers in one of the defense organizations okay so after the first 15 minutes i could see very bored faces yeah then i was seriously wondering uh, you know why what's uh, what's wrong or you no know, what is it that i'm missing yeah then uh, one of them said that you know why are you teaching us all these things because you know in software configuration management is a major nightmare area absolutely whereas in hardware they are so disciplined every little change for every board every circuit so they said no this is something that we must do we have to do and we have been doing yes. so why are you saying why configuration management importance of configuration management and all that so then we said okay i don't need to tell you about all those things let us now get into maybe some of the major differences between hardware configuration and software configuration management etc and then it became a more interactive session yeah so yeah. Yeah, configuration management and hardware you know, that brought me that memory absolutely i mean even today even today one of the key challenges mm. for companies to deploy seamless devops processes mm. uh, one of the key challenges is uh, the tools that they use for software configuration management mm-hmm. of course there are i mean uh, the technology that they use programming languages that they use add to it but you will not be able to you know automate a build process if you are not able to automate build yeah. process then the whole devops chain breaks <laughs> and people who didn't think about it it's a transformational change when they have to go for it mm. and i have seen this in the medical devices industry oh okay 
medical devices at one point in time they thought they were hardware centric mm-hmm. they realized mm-hmm. of late that they are also technology companies they have significant mm-hmm. software running in each of those um uh, hardware devices and mm-hmm. of course uh, i mean for positioning um those companies as software companies uh, they also have valuation mm-hmm. uh, angle you know in their mind when they do that but yeah. but, but that said um um there is significant software and the software needs to be distributed to devices that are deployed globally mm. even if you okay. consider a hospital chain mm-hmm. today hospitals are distributed globally mm. even if you consider a hospital it will have uh, its bases across the globe now you need to deploy software to all these devices not only for scheduled maintenance but also for preventive maintenance yeah if a if a ct machine goes down it's a revenue loss but it's a huge clinical risk at a hospital mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so you have to distribute patches and upgrades seamlessly from a central location and this calls for uh, seamless devops processes and calls for in the first place proper software configuration management <laughs> tools and processes i mean processes and yes. tools yeah, yeah absolutely yeah not right only on. your software configuration but also the deployment environment absolutely. configurations absolutely right. yeah, absolutely the drivers may not be compatible and suddenly yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and that is the uh, i mean you have to have uh, dockerization done so that um, your upgrades are seamless you know mm-hmm. otherwise with each environment you will run into trouble right mm-hmm. um because you won't know uh, what those uh, environments have yeah um yeah so all this has its root in software configuration management processes and tools in my view so i mean we struggle yeah. even today uh, you know when we generate scripts mm. uh, it solves uh, only half the problem mm-hmm. when you are able to execute scripts without manual intervention okay it better be touchless because when mm. it involves somebody to trigger then it depends on that individual when to trigger to, what yeah. to trigger yeah. if it is made touchless then uh, you actually realize the benefits of automation if it is uh, to be triggered manually then the benefits of automation is not realized and this calls for storing scripts in uh, appropriate uh, uh, place and you know triggering execution so we you know we will be talking about uh, configuration management tools of course specifically in this case test management you know test data management um, and test cloud management and so on but again we would be discussing uh, configuration management at the core of it Wonderful. so i mean i i share the same passion ashok so a couple of other things that you mentioned now one across the different domains that you worked in you know like for instance when you said whether it is automotive embedded or healthcare and so on yeah. you found some common threads in terms of processes practices discipline yes. and so on yes the two questions related to that now one is uh, how important is it 
for someone to understand the domain at least and part two of that is how difficult is it because coming from another domain yeah with some let's say the transferable skills yeah as an individual have you faced this what we call the imposter syndrome or how have you been able to overcome that because one of the examples that you yourself mentioned was the deployment environment in these hospitals right? yeah so yeah. you need to understand how that business works and what happens so that uh, your techniques can be applied in that context even though uh, you may not be a domain expert in that right so how have you been able to you know jump across all these different domains and contexts yeah i think i think domain is um, is very critical element in all this if if we don't understand the domain that we work on we will not be able to relate you know much to the domain users um and products have to be uh, user centric uh, products and solutions and services whatever that it is i think uh, it got to be user centric so i can i'll start with the probably healthcare and then i move i'll move on to uh, other domains uh, i had the opportunity to uh, work for this company called first consulting group mm-hmm. that got you know subsequently um, you know merged with csc which is now dxc technology mm-hmm. and fcg um, before it got acquired it was um you know fcg had spent about 26 27 years uh, in the industry as a okay uh, us corporation and if i am right um, um fcg was incorporated sometime uh, around 1980 mm-hmm. um and they were the first to coin this term called computer on wheels uh, fcg was into consulting business uh focused on uh, you know hospitals and and health insurance companies okay. and uh, life sciences companies initially in the us and then they spread um across to europe as well so people would literally um go to hospitals and uh, they would carry the computer um as the doctor moved from one ward to another and mm-hmm. on behalf of the doctor um these uh, consultants would enter data into the computer because uh, doctors were uh, un- they were not interested they okay they they thought computer would come in the way of their um, you know uh, their treatment mm-hmm. uh, it would um, take their uh, you know focus away from the patient mm. uh if they are with a patient for 10 minutes they want to spend all the 10 minutes with the patient and okay. not with the computer uh-huh. so people had to prove that computer would help you maximize you know your attention to the patient mm. and that you could uh, attend to more and more patients so the point here is that if you don't address the needs of the domain users Mm. then you will not get anywhere mm. uh, and this was an acute problem in the uh, in the healthcare industry and it continues to be a challenge and that is the reason why subsequently 
whenever we built a team the teams would always have doctors nurses uh, radiologists uh, some 10 15 years ago you would not find many radiologists in a city even then we would have uh, on our teams radiologist if we were working on a uh, ct machine or an mr machine or if we were uh, working with anything that was related to radiology radiology mm-hmm. information systems then we would have radiologists in the team because uh, otherwise customer wouldn't listen to us they wouldn't mm-hmm. even respect us mm-hmm. so in my mind domain is core i mean i think that comes first the you may call it business processes or whatsoever and then comes the you know software products applications if you don't empathize uh, uh, with the domain user um if you uh, don't try to understand you know his viewpoint i think will not be able to um, cater to his or her needs um this was applicable when i worked uh, in the telecom domain and when i worked in the um, uh, in the other embedded software areas for example wipro would spend so much time in training people you know not as much in terms of classroom training but mm. on the job training okay. in teaching people session initiation protocol uh, etc so core to i mean i'm talking about uh, you know late 1990s and uh, early 2000 so core to the telecom domain if you and if you are into switching i mean broadband networks is another thing and then wireless is the third hmm. i mean in those days that's how telecom was divided into in terms of business hmm. but if you are into switching if you don't understand uh, how a class 5 switch works hmm. what's a real time operating system is about and what what's a protocol like you have uh, you know uh, hl7 protocol in uh, healthcare, healthcare industry you have mm-hmm. ss7 protocols in the mm-hmm. telecom industry Tele- so mm-hmm. i mean unless y- you understand these uh, you know and there were other protocols like isup and btup and uh, from the traditional tdm space so Uh, people would spend so much time learning these uh, doing some hands on you know exercises uh, getting a grip of it and people in the telecom division would uh, know about telecom to a decent extent to have a good conversation with the likes of cisco and mm-hmm. you know avaya and you know nortel i'm talking about those days and subsequently i had the opportunity to work with um, you know atnt when it comes to isps uh, service providers mm-hmm. telecom service provider so i think uh, domain is very important um, yeah you may not be able to master it you can never be a doctor that opportunity is lost already <laughs> uh, but i think how best we can uh, collaborate with people who have significant domain knowledge um, and act as bridge uh, you know with the domain users i think Um, something common that i have experienced yeah so the part two was you know what is the vadish magic formula that helped you accelerate or shorten the time needed to learn this new domain and be effective i'm not sure <laughs> there was any magic i think uh, each took time 
i still remember when i moved from uh, automotive control application space uh, wherein we would actually review code written in assembly languages hmm. and write code in assembly languages mm-hmm. from there when i moved to wipro to work in the uh, telecom division switching division at that point in time we were working for a uh, we were working for nortel uh, there was an odc uh, we had to learn this language called protel it was nortel's proprietary language it resem- it had the characteristics of c and uh, c++ but it was very different and whatever we followed in c or c++ not so much of c++ in those days you had to reverse it to get to you know protel and to okay uh, so it was uh, made so complex that even if somebody hacks the code wouldn't follow <laughs> what was being written what uh, was it uh, intended to do um mm. that kind of precaution was taken by companies like uh, nortel they developed a you know programming language for that purpose so uh, that was a barrier and then we had to learn a number of uh, protocols and how a, a class wise switch handled it um that was not easy i think it would it would have taken easily a couple of years before uh i could uh, you know uh, be comfortable in mm. that space i think it calls for that kind of uh, investment and then i thought uh, when i move to uh, you know healthcare it would be very easy because it is all about uh, uh, more open domain than um, uh, telecom uh, you know that needed real time operating system so many protocols and um, country specific requirements and what not and then there was this transition from tdm to um, soft switching etc but after going there i realized the enormity of and the new challenges okay. that you, you have to understand the psychology of doctors yeah. work with doctors so i think it always needed significant amount of investment and one has to have patience i think yeah. uh, and prioritize it uh, that uh, domain is uh, uh important and some of these companies helped build mm-hmm. that culture that culture of uh, learning uh, focus on learning and i mean i still feel uh, you know even today i am a viproid i mean in that sense okay uh, i i feel that i graduated from vipro <laughs> i learned yeah. a lot uh, when i was there uh, similar feeling for my stint at fcg and yeah very very nice since you mentioned uh, patience i wanted to segue into a slightly probably the next larger theme of algoshack yeah of being an entrepreneur yes generally we find that entrepreneurs are impatient now impatient in that they want to bring a change they want to create an impact they are not satisfied with things being the same so how yeah, was yeah. that transition for you from being patient or having to be patient to probably what one may also call as the startup bug that bit you as we close uh, this conversation a very interesting tulsan vadish's career journey we are now moving from his corporate journey to his startup journey don't forget to listen our episode on next tuesday
We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.